Matter of fact, if we fall into the traps of the things of this world, we can lose favor with God rather than grow in favor. Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Now, here's Pastor Bill. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. We are uh, kind of in this uh, same season of Who's Your One, but I have uh, kind of concluded that sermon series for a season, but want to remind the church, every week of every year, we are still seeking someone who needs to know Jesus. This first week of every month, we're praying for our one, and I hope that you are doing that on a daily basis. Let me also share another transition that's happened in our community is uh, the mask mandate has been lifted as of last Friday. So just let me share with you. Uh, let me share with you where we're at as a church and how we are handling that. I want you to understand there will always be, as long as there are Baptists on this planet, multiple views of the same perspective, all right? And we will walk through this together as one with multiple perspectives. We are not mandating masks or requiring masks. We make masks available. I need you to understand there are some folks who can't take the vaccination who maybe don't even have a conviction they should take the vaccination. And so we need to continue to be in a season of caution. Uh, there will be some of us who don't wear masks, some of us who've been vaccinated. We just want you to feel comfortable being a part of your family of faith. We will not argue about it. We will not debate our perspectives. We will live together harmoniously through the power of the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's do that well together. And so, uh, but we do want to remain in a season of caution. We do want to protect uh, people's space at this moment. We want to be friendly, but we want to be wise as we continue to go through this season of a virus. Well, today I wanted to bring a message geared in towards our graduates, but it's really not just for our graduates. I think what you'll see from scripture today is a reminder to all of us about how we experience the future favor of God. I want this class to understand that just because they're going into the next transition of life, just because they may be starting a career or getting uh, a higher education doesn't guarantee future favor. Matter of fact, if we fall into the traps of the things of this world, we can lose favor with God rather than grow in favor. And so I want us to bless this class. I want to challenge them from God's word, but also challenge you as well. We've all gone through a crazy and chaotic uh, past year and a half. Think about what it's like to be a senior, losing all of their junior year, losing most of their senior year, and yet they've still made it to this point. How do we keep transitioning towards future favor? Well, think about all the transitions we do experience, what we have experienced. I'll put up some milestone uh, transitions that happen, and we'll just walk through them quick, quickly. Remember, we, we first had that transition of learning how to walk, and we are you know, so pumped just to take those first few steps. You remember when your journey started all those years ago? And you probably don't remember this stage, but you couldn't wait to start walking. The next is leaving diapers. And boy, was that an emotional moment. You needed the little teddy bear to get you through that transition. And boy, were your parents pumped for that one. Then we had to transition from Gerber's to McDonald's. That was an easy transition. What an upgrade that was. Come on now. Who doesn't miss their carrots and broccoli all mushed up in a jar, all right? And then came the first day of school and the traumatic moment, moms and dads, as we watched our children make that transition. Now we're seeing them graduate, but that very first day of school and what that was like, and then 
moving on through school and getting our driver's license. And man, what a transition that was. And we were all grown up and we just jacked up the insurance prices for our parents and felt really good about it. It was a great transition. And then our first date. That was a huge transition. After that, then we got our first car. Uh, moved into that transition and had a vehicle that we could now terrorize the rest of the citizens of Oklahoma City, and it was called God's Will. <laughs> moved out of that into graduating from high school as we're experiencing today, and, and after that we continued to move on into other transitions, moving out of the house, whether that's moving on to college or moving into our own apartment or, or just moving on, we have that transition, and that can be a difficult one for families. Then there's either graduating college or, again, uh, moving forward in our career. Next big transition, getting married, if that's God's will, and not for all, but for some. And you make that transition, and out of that, then your first kiss. And it's in that order. That's how this rolls, all right? That's why I'm going to remind the graduates that that's the order in which it goes. But all of those are powerful, unique, personal transitions. Well, I'm going to take you back to a major human history transition, a time when Israel was transitioning from the leadership of Moses to the next generation. There's always a transition of generational leadership. The same is happening. These young people here, they're going to be the ones supporting us someday. They're going to be the ones paying into that social security system. They're going to be the ones that are going to be our doctors, as you heard, or going to be the teachers of our grandkids, or, or whatever God calls them to do, they are the next generation of faith. But as we look at this next generation, I'm going to raise up for you and for them the example of a man named Joshua. Joshua is an incredible example of somebody who understood favor with God. In his early years, in his developmental years, in his adult life, Joshua's name literally means God saves. His name was a testimony to this world of who God is and what God does. God saves. This generation and your generation and mine we also should bear that same name of testifying as we walk one-on-one -on -one with God and seek to reach someone is to let them know only God can save us from ourselves, from our past, from our sins, and from future separation from a holy God. Only God can save us. His name, Yeshua in Hebrew, is the same that we translate Joshua, which also in the Greek translates for the word Jesus. So Joshua, as we look into his life, Joshua is a living, walking testimony of who God is and what God does. Let me introduce you to Joshua, and let's look through some highlights and milestones, transitions in his life, and we'll bring that to our lives as well. Go to Exodus chapter 17 and verse 9. Exodus chapter 17 and verse 9. Moses had a special relationship with Joshua. Uh, many of you will remember Joshua as one of the 12 spies that went to spy out the promised land. I want to go back and look at how Joshua became one of those selected special few that Moses would trust with that task. In verse 9, Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us to go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And Joshua did as Moses told him. 
As we look in on verse 10, you start to see the secret to future favor. You start to see why Joshua was trusted by Moses, but more importantly, trusted by Almighty God. What was it that he had in his heart that we need in ours for future favor? He had an understanding that it's to be faithful in all things, not just the big things, not just the things that everybody sees, but to be faithful in even the small things, simple requests. He didn't argue with Moses. He didn't debate Moses' strategy. He didn't say, man, you're putting us out there on the front lines and that's a risk to our lives. He simply did what was asked of him. I've come to understand that you can't lead life or lead others unless you also are a follower, a follower of Almighty God, His will and His ways, and submitted as that loyal follower to Almighty God and a follower to those who are in authority over us, we then find this character of being obedient in small things which leads to greater things. Flip over to Exodus chapter 24 and verse 12. Let's keep moving. Exodus 24 and verse 12. Now the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and remain there, and I will give you the stone tablets with the law and the commandment which I have written for their instruction. So Moses arose. Now maybe you don't remember this part. Maybe it's because Charlton Heston kind of left it out in the movie for us, but we find Moses arose with who? Joshua. Here we find Moses seeing God alive in this young man's life, knowing that he's the next generation of faith, and we find Moses taking him under his wing, and we find Moses encouraging Joshua as they walk through life together. Some of you looked in the faces of our graduating seniors, and maybe you remember uh, helping them in Awana and work through their books and memorize scripture. Maybe there have been times that you wrote a check to provide a scholarship for them to go to camp. Maybe there was another time you just encouraged them or their family, and that's what we see Moses doing with Joshua. Moses just didn't walk it alone. He didn't get all excited that he was going to go get to meet with God face to face and just went running to it. He took somebody with him. Are you taking anybody with you? As you walk in your faith, is there anybody who gets to watch God work in your life and walk alongside of you? That's the beauty of generation to generation faith. So Moses arose with Joshua, his servant, and he went up to the mountain of God. And here we find Joshua being able to see what does it mean to meet with God? What does it mean to love God with all your heart? And what does it look like to be able to see God face to face? Exodus 33:11 jump over there Exodus 33:11 you see a progression happening you see someone who was faithful in small things now he's getting to be a part of even bigger things getting to go up on the mountain with Moses Moses didn't take the rest of the Israelites with him he took Joshua and Joshua was a part of that now we get to Exodus 33:11 and the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face just as a man speaks to his friends and when Moses returned to the camp his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Now, when you first read that verse, you may say, what does that mean? Wouldn't depart from the tent. Well, if you know about this tent, it's a little different than the tents we break out in Oklahoma. I don't know if you've ever had that disastrous family experience of trying to camp outside without air conditioning and electricity and curling irons and makeup drawers and all those things, but go for it if you like. This was a different tent. This was known as the tent of meeting. 
This is before the tabernacle. This is where they would go, Moses would go and meet with the Lord. And where do we find Joshua? We find Joshua who learned how to walk by faith, living out his faith. And when Moses was gone, we don't find Joshua out politicking with the people. We don't find him trying to fill that leadership gap and say, I know Moses isn't here, but I'll be your guy. Where do we find Joshua? We find Joshua in the tent. We find Joshua pursuing God with all of his heart. He wasn't pursuing power. He wasn't pursuing a position. He wasn't being political with the Israelites for his future. He wanted future favor with God. We find here he learned that from his mentor. We find that that was Moses modeling for him how you walk through life. And now Joshua has his own faith. I pray that our children just didn't grow up in households of faith, but I I pray that as they have grown up in their households of faith, that they have been able to discover their own faith. That as they leave our nests, and they do, and as they move out into a world that once, as I said in my prayer, try to conform them into its image, I pray that they would have the heart of Joshua, that they would not leave the tent. They may have to leave the nest, but they don't have to leave the tent. That they would continue to walk with God and pursue God because they've learned what it means to know him personally. Oswald Sanders once said, every one of us is as close to God as we have chosen to be. Did you hear that? We are as close to God as we have chosen to be. If God feels a million miles away today, that's not his choice. That's because we've chosen something else other than the tent of meeting. It's because we've chosen to invest our energies and our direction and our time and our hearts outside the tent. May we return back to that same passion that was in Moses' heart and Joshua's heart to be there and to not leave the tent. So let me stop right here. And let me speak to the Moses generation. That's who we are. We are the ones that are now leading out in our families and in the church. And this is a Joshua generation that you saw right before you. This is a reminder to us not to coast out. Moses didn't coast. Moses took it all the way to the finish line and all the way to retirement. You know what retirement was? It wasn't an age. It was the last breath. That's the retirement plan. You don't stop just because you quit getting a paycheck. Matter of fact, most of you are learning, we work harder after we get uh, no more paychecks. Have you noticed that? Retirement is when we take our last breath. And until we take that last breath, may we invest in the next generations. May we continue to take them on the mountain. May we continue to take them and, and be an example to them of what it means to live for the Lord, to love the Lord, and to walk with God. Pass on your faith to the next generation well if you can find deuteronomy now go to the front of your old testament and find deuteronomy chapter 31 in verse 14 then the lord said to moses behold the time for you to die is near wow that's a great god moment isn't it thank you lord but it can be and should be We should look forward. Paul said, listen, I'm torn. I know that to be on this planet is an opportunity for me to share the gospel, but can I be real honest? This is what Paul said. He said, I'd rather be with the Lord. Now, I know I can get some people testifying to that this morning, right? This is a good thing. 
And he says, Moses, it's coming to an end. It's drawing near. And as he spoke that into Moses' life, look at Moses' response. He called Joshua. Again, you see this determined, deliberate impact in the next generation's life. He was determined to raise up the next generation. So he called Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting that I may commission him. God spoke to Moses and said, I'm going to use you. I'm continuing to use you in this young man's life, and I want both of you to come. This is the next leader of Israel. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves. Look at where they presented themselves. Where was it? There at the tent, a place where you meet God. Then he commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, verse 23. He commissioned Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and courageous. Go ahead and underline that and mark that for today. If there's ever been a day where we needed to be strong and courageous, it's today. For these young graduates, they may not tell you on the outside, but on the inside, they're concerned about that next step. You remember being there? You remember that? And you remember uh, some of the fear that starts to creep in? Well, it's not just for graduates. It's for each and every one of us each and every day. But it's not that we're strong in our own strength. It's a strength that comes from the tent, from meeting with God. It's God's strength in us. But he says, be strong, be courageous, for you shall bring the sons of Israel into the land which I swore to them, and I will be with you. Underline the last part of verse 23. I will be with you. Now, he tells them, I'm going to bless you. He tells them, I'm going to use you. But more importantly, he says, I'm going to be with you. Because you see, as we experience God's blessing, and as we experience God's calling, and as we live out our faith in this world, there are overwhelming life circumstances. But God will deliver, and God will work through us, and the way we experience that is knowing that God will always be with us. I don't know if you can sense that right now or if somebody needs to hear that afresh and anew today. The Lord is with you right now. The Lord is with you. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Even when you forsake him like Peter did three times that last night, he never forsook him. He said, Peter, I'm already praying you through it. And he loved him all the way to the end. So now, let's see why Joshua experienced the favor of God. Go over to the book of Joshua now, Joshua chapter 1. Did you know Joshua was all through the Old Testament? Joshua chapter 1, take a look at it. We're in Joshua 1, starting in verse 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. And he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Now, if you remember the story, God has delivered Israel from the bondage of Egypt. Moses led them out to their freedom. But in their freedom, they were still lacking faith. If you remember, they sent out 12 spies to spy the land, how they were going to take it. And they lived under the realm of fear rather than faith. They said, we can't do it. The giants are too big. The obstacles, we can't overcome it. We're not strong enough. Instead of being strong and courageous, they looked at life through natural lenses rather than what God had said. 
They spent all those years unnecessarily in the wilderness. Moses and his generation didn't get to go into the promised land because of a lack of faith. And yet now we find God saying to Joshua, you need to get up and you need to cross that river. You need to move on and I'm going to give you future favor. Arise. And that's what I'm going to challenge our graduates with in the second service is that they would rise up. Not just get out of bed, that's going to be their biggest challenge for the next year or two, but to rise up with purpose and to rise up hearing God's voice and pursuing God's will for their life. Look at verse 3. As we move on through verse 3, we're reminded that all of us experience these transitions of life, but not all of us experience the favor of God in those transitions. Every place, God said, every place on the sole of your foot that you, the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you, and I will not forsake you. God reminds Joshua, Joshua, you've watched me. You've watched me love Moses. You've watched me lead Moses. You have seen on the mountain. You've seen in the tent. And just as I met with Moses, I will be with you. Right now, I would, I would in my own heart stop right there and don't turn out the preacher completely, but go ahead and lift up a praise to God. God, thank you that like you were with Moses, you are with me. That you love me even though I may not be lovable and I may not be all I need to be, you have never left me. You have never forsaken me. Statistics indicate that during this transition as our seniors are graduating that many will place their faith on the back burner. I pray that would not be true of this class. And that while that might be happening in the land, it wouldn't happen in our homes and in this group of seniors. They don't have to be a statistic and neither do you. Now, while there were many in Joshua's generation that took a step back who didn't walk by faith, there were the Joshua's and the Caleb's that continued to model for their generation what it meant to be strong and courageous. Look at verse 6. God said, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. When we had them in the nest, we could kind of protect them from going left or right. We can kind of protect them from stepping out of bounds, although they did just like you did, but, but we were there to keep them, keep them in between the left and the right lane and keep them centered in Christ. Now they're going to have to figure that out on their own, and now they're going to have to choose personally. And God reminds Joshua, Joshua, you have the same opportunity to stray to the left or stray to the right. But I'm calling you to be strong, courageous, and be centered. Centered in who I am and centered in the way that I have for you. And that wasn't just for him. That was also for the Moses generation. Look at verse 8. And how do we stay centered? He gives us the book of the law, the book, the, the, the revelation of God and the word of God. The book of this law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night, 
so you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous then you will have success now the books are going to pick up at college are going to help with some things to help them be somewhat successful but all the books that have ever been written by man put them all together storm in one person's brain and it still will not give them success it's only the word of god that is the anchor to our success verse 9 have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not tremble or be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go moses has died they've lost their spiritual leader but they haven't lost their compass and while moses was used by god who was the one actually leading them the shepherd and because he's my shepherd i shall not want and because he's my shepherd he will lead me to greener pastures he will lead me to quiet waters he will lead me through valleys he will lead me whether it's to college or a career or to my next steps in life he'll take me there if i am strong and courageous and if i stay centered in him if you take your bibles next very quickly you can go over to numbers chapter 13 and we'll see joshua continuing to be faithful now we're backing up historically here moses is still alive we've got the 12 spies account and i want to go back and finish out with this because i want the graduates to see what it looks like to live by faith even though there's a moses generation still walking the faith in verse 1 numbers chapter 13 the lord spoke to moses saying send out for yourself men so they may spy out the land of canaan which I am going to give to the sons of Israel. You shall send a man from each of their father's tribe, everyone a leader among them. Notice the qualification. Twelve tribes. All of us are going in as one. All of us have equal representation. Pick from all of your tribe one leader, one that everybody follows, one that everybody looks to. And you know who they picked from Joshua's tribe? Joshua. Joshua was one of the 12. Now, God has given them specific directions. Go see the land that I am giving you. They did not listen, many of them. Many of them misinterpreted what they heard. They thought they were on assignment to figure out how they were going to take the land. No, no, no. God said, I'm giving you the land. That's the plan. They weren't supposed to figure out how. They were just supposed to go and see what they were about to take. They got distorted in the picture. As you drop down to verse 16, you can see that they went to spy out the land. And you can drop down to verse 25. And then when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron to all the congregation of Israel. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They showed them the abundance and what they were about to inherit. So they partially did their task. But then you remember the rest of the story they gave a bad report they no longer were walking by faith they were now walking by sight they were not living according to what God had declared but what their circumstances declared they weren't listening with their ears they were listening with their eyes and they gave a semi-accurate report there were giants in the land it was terrifying but if we're strong and courageous 
That's no obstacle. What an obstacle for David when he was just a little shepherd boy. Why was it going to be an obstacle now? See, giants have always been a problem for God's people. Giants have always kept us from experiencing the blessing and the provision and the favor of God. A whole army in David's day was hiding in the hills. A whole nation, Israel, hiding in the wilderness because they wouldn't trust God's word. But there were those who lived different, and there were those who listened differently. And we find Caleb quieted the people in verse 30 before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with them said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave to Israel a bad report. There were 12 spies. Ten, ten of them saw it one way. Two, Joshua and Caleb saw it God's way. My prayer for this Joshua generation and my prayer for the Moses generation is that we would not see life our way, that we wouldn't look at things and lean on our own understanding, but instead we would look at life God's way. What has God said and what has God declared? And one thing we know for sure, he has told us, be courageous, be strong. And why would he have to tell us that unless we were facing overwhelming giants? I don't know what your giant is today, but I know God is calling you to be strong and courageous. I don't know what the enemy is whispering in your ear. I only know this. God is saying, be strong and be courageous. I don't know what it is that's gripping your heart today, but I would say to you, be strong and courageous. Don't let the giant keep you from the promised land. And so as you think about these seniors, you pray for them. You pray that they would walk by faith and not by sight. You pray it as they continue to take these next transitions that they will finish the race by staying focused on the finish line. Had a good friend of mine who served with me when I was first here. Uh, a lot of you know T. Ray Grandstaff. He's a leader of FCA in the state of Arkansas. Has been a big part of that for a number of years. He was on our youth staff back in the 80s. T. Ray stopped in uh, with the passing of Gary Lauer, who was a Moses to him. And he shared a testimony with me of a recent thing that had just happened in his family. He has two girls who are twins. They've grown up together competing their whole lives as twins and only twins understand. They both run track on the same team because they go to the same school and they're the same grade and the same age. You get how that works for twins? So here they were. They made it to the final heat, running for the medals. They heard the gunfire. They launched out. They were running with all of their might, running to win the race. They were leading the pack. Both of them were in the lead. And T. Ray said, Bill, it was amazing. It's a, it's a sermon illustration waiting to be preached. He said, right as they got to the finish line, they both turned to look to see where the other one was. One looked to the right. One looked to the left. Right at the finish line. Had they just stayed centered, had they just stayed forward, they would have leaned in and won the race. But watch what happens. If this is the finish line and the tape, watch what happens when I turn to the right. Watch what happens when I turn to the left. 
and they lost the race by that much because they took their eye off the prize be strong be courageous run the race to win don't be comparing and say well man i'm at least running faster than them at least i didn't trip up like they just did look at me and lose the race let's pray with every head bowed and every eye closed even a moses generation can have the heart of joshua no matter where you are today no matter what's happening in your race what lane you're running be strong be courageous keep your eye on the prize and oh by the way take someone with you take a Joshua with you invest in the next generation with every head bowed and every eye closed we're gonna go back to normal invitations I'm gonna ask the staff to make their way to the front we'll continue to practice some safe distancing but if God is moving in your life today we're gonna to encourage you to come forward for one of two things you might need to come forward to fill out another ping-pong ball maybe God has shown you another one that needs Jesus that you need to be praying for and you want us as a church to pray for I know I have at least one in this very audience who's taken it on as a prayer ministry to join us and to pray over all that he keeps that picture in front of him every morning and he is praying over every ping-pong ball you need to come and get a ping-pong ball and fill it out and put it over at one of the crosses you can do that if you have seen somebody come to know Christ during these weeks you can fill out an orange ping-pong ball and drop those in as well but if you have a decision today if you have a decision that Christ has spoken to your heart you're not in the promised land you don't know the favor of God because you've never called out for his forgiveness you have never declared I need a Savior and you need to be saved today I would encourage you to come to one of our staff take them by the hand and say I need to know Jesus I need to be forgiven of my sin we're gonna ask you to come maybe you've been waiting through this COVID season and you're looking for a church home we'd love to receive you as we receive church members you can come just take them by the hand and say we want to join the church I need to join the church maybe you need to be baptized you've trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior but you never took that first step of faith you ought to come as well if you need somebody to pray with you we'd love to pray with you our staff are coming and standing here at the front let me pray over you and when we stand if God is speaking to your heart you be the first to lead the way father I pray during these next few moments that we would give you all honor and glory that we would be strong and courageous that we would take that next step transitioning into future favor for we ask this in Jesus name and for his sake Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.